All right, I just want to make sure everyone can hear me well, right? We good on sound and everything? Great. Uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it. Uh, this is something I've really wanted to do for a long time. So the fact I was able to do it in Chicago, both places, I'm really excited to get this started. So uh, I want to start with introductions. I go by Wholesome Monk on TikTok and Instagram. It's a name that I came up with randomly, and I had it since I was, I wouldn't say, 10 or so years old when I started doing stand-up comedy and all kinds of other things that I want to get into, poetry, acting, all those different things that, you know, any creative want to get into. And something that excited me about being a content creator was the fact that you had control over whatever you made, right? And it's hard. Anyone who's a content creator tries to be knows how difficult it can be, especially me being like a black man making content, making anime content. You know, I can only speak from that experience, which is why if I talk about, you know, when I say people of color and I separate people of color and black, it's mostly because I just want to make sure I don't speak for other communities that I'm not a part of, don't belong to, because I don't want to mess up their voice or their message that they may have, right? So what's, what's interesting about creating content, some of the struggles that come with it, is just about, uh, Sometimes you have like this, you're, it's really about yourself. All the content comes from you. It comes from your ideas, your experiences. I pull mine from being a black man in America, for example. Even as a cosplay like this is Toshiro Hisagaya from Bleach, right? But sometimes these characters that you have, or your characters you really attach to, you'd be surprised how much you have in common, even if you don't share the same skin color, the same culture, and the same experiences, which I feel like a lot of black people like anime. They love anime. You do usually, you know, DBZ. Sailor Moon, uh, was the Ronin Warriors, so many different ones recently. You have The Rise of Demon Slayer, I mean, there's three Demon Slayer cosplays right there. It shows you the significance that anime plays and that you don't have to be Japanese or if you're American, you don't have to be American to like Marvel or DC Comics or Image or any of those other different things. And something that I found really interesting in my, I guess, journey of being a content creator, especially being a person of color and having to navigate that space is you will get situations like I've gotten I have around maybe like 40 something K on TikTok and I've gotten my opportunities to work with different brands and have different deals. You know, Crunchyroll follows me, Right Stuff Anime, I partnered with them in different things. They treat me very well and I'm blessed with every opportunity I have there. But there's a lot that also comes that you don't see because usually I don't partner with them where they try to lowball you. They try to value you so many different opportunities that you think are opportunities because you're young or you're new at content creation. As soon as a brand jumps to you with books or manga or figures, of course you want to jump on it. Or especially if there's any type of money involved and you were a broke costume like I was at one point, you go and jump at $100, $200 to do what would be probably like 16 hours worth of work for like $10 on it, you know, like different things like that. And the only reason why I found that, I didn't know. I didn't know it was a whole, oh, because, because of the color of your skin or because of your culture, what, you know, what's popular, that kind of thing. That's why we want you or that's why we're going to lowball you in terms of maybe your white counterparts and things like that. And one time, it was the same, same deal was to get around, I'll say, about receive 100 manga and then review them and do giveaways and things like that, which is fine. 
on top of that, though, they wanted you to do certain stipulations, certain things you had to do. Like they wanted, to, okay, you have to have et cetera followers. You have to have a certain amount of this on Instagram, certain amount of that on TikTok, certain amount of that on Twitter. And we're going to give you, I think I'm throwing a random figure out there, but it was around like maybe, I think it was around $60 per video. Granted, yes, I, you were receiving all these free things, but at the same time, you're working. It's still work. You still have to read all that shit. Like, you know, you have to read all of it, and you have to, you have to really focus. And what I tell you is, I, I mean, you have to read it, you have to record it, you have to edit it, you have to do all these things. You're doing the job, one person as a content creator, you're doing the job of maybe six different departments. And that, the brands don't understand that. They, they think they do. Even if they have their own creative you know, marketing team, there's still a team behind them. When you're a content creator, unless you can pay for an editor, which is also super expensive as a YouTuber, I know how expensive that is, you're doing it by yourself. So you have to factor that in. And you will think like, oh, okay, I don't really deserve the money that I think I do because maybe I don't have enough followers and all that thing. But at the end of the day, they reached out to you. They reached out to you. And they, so they, they want you for something. And don't make it, they can, I'm telling you, I don't care if it's Crunchyroll, I don't care if it's Funimation, I don't care who it is. Again, they treat me very well, but if they reach out to you, there's something that you can give them more that they can give you. Because at the end of the day, they want profit. That's just how this works at the end of the day, right? And I had, you know, this offer that came up to me for, received like 100 manga over a certain month, a couple of months, and you get around $60 per video, which seems like a lot, especially the 100 manga. But when one of my other good uh, friend of mine, who happens to be white, and he got the same offer, his was, his was 60, 60 manga, I believe, for about 250 per video. Yeah, that's, that's the, you see the disparity, like you see the difference in between those numbers are huge. I can understand it's like $10 or something, you know, I can understand that, but like that much, is, is kind of ridiculous. And you start thinking, okay, maybe it's because of the follower count. Maybe they have a lot of bigger platform than I do. And you know what, if that's the case, that's, I even accept that, that's fine. That just comes with the territory and I get it. Again, they can offer them more than I could, and that's fine. But I had 20,000 more followers. We even, because he's my, that person's my friend, we were able to even compare engagements, higher engagements. So there's different things like that that you have to look at and wonder like, okay, it's, 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 it defeats you sometimes because sometimes you look at that and it's like, okay, am I only worth what my skin can provide these companies? And it's anime, you love, this is something that you love. You love cosplaying, you love creating content and it's fun. You get to meet so many beautiful and cool people. Some of them are in this room that I know they're mutuals of mine. And you get that's a positivity of that. But when it comes to, you know, you want to make a living off of it. You want to do certain things off of it. Like even for me recently in the last, I would say year, the things I was able to accomplish because of content creation was I was able to help my dad pay off for his car. I was able to help finish my car payment. I just finished it today actually, just in the last one. So thank God for that. Um, able to pay through uh, college. A couple years ago, I was able to do that too. So those different things is what you get for content. So some people look at content creators and see the final product of the video. You know, you see the, the manga. You know, I'm part of Write Stuff Anime, so I do receive free manga. They see that, and they, they're like, oh, you're rich. I, I get one manga and show it off, and they think I'm rich, and I just can buy anything I want. It's just hilarious. And, you know, but they don't see the work that gets put in behind the scenes of being low-balled, 
as like a person of color having to deal with companies. Because for those that just came in, I was saying that uh, I got there. I got an offer at one point to get receive a hundred manga to read it all and review it over a certain span of time, and then you, I get paid sixty bucks per video. And then my white counterpart, that's a friend of mine, so we're able to like compare these these two numbers. He got the same offer uh, for. I believe it was 60 manga for about $250 he would get per video though. So his 250 compared to my 60. And again, I had more followers and because he's my friend, we were able to compare engagement and things like I had higher engagements by at least 20,000. So you see those different numbers and that's the kind of stuff that really discourages you as like a content creator, as a cosplayer, even for me, uh, one of my first like cosplays, cosplays, where it's like not something subtle, you can't really hide it, was Inuyasha, which is one of my favorite animes of all time. And for those that don't know Inuyasha, he's a character with a black, or no, red kimono and white hair. Long white hair. So I did that and he had ears, so I got like ears and I did the whole thing. And it was really exciting inducing, of course, because I've concentrated, this is my first real cosplay posting online, you know, and dealing with that whole perception of like, being, you know, when, when you're a black cosplayer, a lot of the stigma behind it is like, oh, this isn't cool in the community, this isn't like hip-hop, it's not basketball, it's just anime cosplay. So that you have to fight against that stigma to, to even get past all the other BS that you do as, a, as any other content creator would at that point. So I did this cosplay, I did a video, I can't remember exactly what video it was, but you know, it was a video on my TikTok. And when I did that video, a bunch of people start stitching. The video blew up and I was super excited. I was like, okay, this is awesome. This is my first cosplay related video. For those that don't know or are not familiar with my content, I do a lot of anime reviews and manga reviews. So cosplay was something I recently just started doing last year. So this is like one of my first online, this is a cosplay thing. And again, this is my favorite character. So this meant a lot to me. So it was really cool to see it blow up. But when it did, a lot of the stitches, I would go to the, you know, when people who have done TikTok, it's like you can stitch a video for a couple of seconds and then pretty much like put your own video on the on the end of it and when i did that and or someone did a couple people did it and when i looked at the stitches i thought it was cool to get that engagement that's why i do what i do all the i'm talking about, i'm not not one video was positive not one of them and under even i can understand if it was like hey your hair is out there i do not have, know how to do wigs if anyone knows what this character is, it's from Bleach. I promise you his hair does not look like this. I tried my best. <laughs> I tried my best, but I'm not a wig person. I, I'll live with that. <laughs> but, um, anyhow, I died. It was all right. It was, it was like really long straight hair. Even I don't, I can't mess that up. Uh, I did, but it was, it was fine. And the stitches were people saying that I couldn't cosplay Inuyasha and verbatim because uh, I was black, because I was fat, because I wasn't white, right? And one of them in particular got to me, because you know, as, as unfortunate as it seems, I'm not saying it like it should be normalized, but when you're a black creator online, you wanna expect a couple of white people or other people that aren't black to insult you. It's gonna come with the territory. If, you see, if, you, if I showed you the DMs I have right now currently in my phone, you'd be amazed that people would actually send that to you, especially people who have their face to their accounts. Not even people who have like, you know, anime profile pic. These are people with faces that go to school, people that usually live around your area because of the proximity of the content gets pushed out. So these are people that you can see any, anywhere on the street that have their full name, where they go to school, everything on their profile that just insults you and say these racist things, uh, which is insane. 
But one stitch in particular that got to me was when I did, I looked at it, it was this um, black father. It was a black father who had their son record, and I, and I, I will never forget this, I remember this per word. He asked his son on camera, what, say what you said again, laughingly, he did this laughingly, and his son said, he can't cosplay Inuyasha because he's not white, because he's too big, and only white people should cosplay, is what this black child said. And this father allowed his child to say this on camera. This is not even something like, this is on the internet. Like, I don't, I don't know the at name or whatever, but like, if you, you could go find this on the internet. These are the things that are happening, and it has my face on it. So that's, in my mind, you know, that's, that was so hard to, to, that's probably the hardest thing in my career so far. And again, for, the, for a quick background, I've been doing stand-up comedy, poetry, acting, since I was seven years old. I've done it. I've been around so many different comedians, actors, everything. So I've, I know what, how grimy this thing is. But all those experiences, and I had some terrible ones and some great ones, that one hurt the most because that kind of self-hatred that's being taught is using you know, my, my content to teach that kind of hatred. It's on the internet for everyone to see. It's, it's difficult. And to see a father, especially a black father, show their son that kind of content and to have them record it knowing that not only I would see it, but the, the child's uh, classmates would see it, the mother would see it, if they had any siblings, the siblings would see it. And so it hurt on, it made me frustrated on two different levels. One, that a father would do that, especially a black father to black son, you know, they should know what it is. They should know that that kind of thing is, is really, it's cancer-like, to pardon the expression, but cancer-like, you know, to do something like that, to plant the seed. And this wasn't a teenage, this was a child, I mean, when I tell you a child, like this child barely, probably, probably like third, fourth grade type of stuff. And when you learn something like that, that early, that self-hatred grows. And I know that because I used to be that kid with that self-hatred, that it took years, I'm 26, it took me probably until like 23, from seven to 23, to really try to get out of it. And some of it's still there because you have so many people reinforcing it. I mean, in that kid's situation, I don't know what the kid's situation is, but let's say people in school are telling him he got it from somewhere. He got the idea from, he's way too young to just come up with that kind of idea. Even if he doesn't see all the anime he watches, there's probably like five, maybe if, he, if they're lucky, like two black characters you see. But even then, you wouldn't jump to the conclusion that you can't cosplay a certain character because you're not white. Because you, I'm sure the kid trick-or-treats. I'm sure he, whatever character he's cosplaying, if it's not Black Panther, it's probably not a black character. Uh, so to see that, that was upsetting. And it was more upsetting to also, like, who, where did the kid learn that from? I'm going to give the father, even though the father did what he did, I'm going to give the father the benefit of the doubt that the father didn't teach his child that message because the father is also black you see what i'm saying so i'm hoping i'm hoping that wasn't the case so now it comes to okay you probably learned that in school maybe it was you know when you're in elementary school you do those halloween is like a whole thing at school and maybe you learned that there maybe he wanted to be any option too maybe you wanted to be goku one of those characters that are not black and someone said that to that child and the father probably didn't do enough to Tell the kid like no you can cosplay or be who you want to be and that was the message from my mom all the time was to be who you wanted to be so To see someone not do that approach you have to be like oh the, it's not just 
you know, white people that say racist things. It's not just this person, that person. It's also in your own community that has self-hatred that's being taught. And when you have your own father reinforcing that kind of idea of stigma, it's going to continue on to that kid, until that kid gets older and that kid's going to think that. And then it's going to spread to their kid and that's how it just keeps going from there. And I know that sounds super deep for just anime content, but that's, that's what's so shocking to me that it doesn't matter. That's why I learned, like, it doesn't matter what field it is. It still can, it affects everything. And so I wanted to quit. I'm not going to lie. I took, I took a break. I need to see, you know, it's hard for your content to get spread viral through that video instead of my video. And that video was teaching is like just self-hatred at that point. And to see that was tough and the, the deals weren't coming in like it is now. The followers, I was stuck and it's all this kind of thing. So I was like, okay, maybe this isn't my path. Maybe it's not. And I really wanted to quit. But I had so many people that um, came to my defense in that video. So many conspirators came and said, it's going to be okay. We understand and, and um, we're with you. One of them is my, my friend, a really a good friend of mine, Straw Hat Goofy. He does um, reviews on TikTok. And he's, a, he's a, a black man, has a lot of great movie reviews on TikTok. He's been invited now to like Oscars and uh, all these movie premieres. So I was, I was, he's an inspiration for sure for people who do what I do. And to meet a friend like that, to have someone like that tell you like it's gonna be okay and to to kind of show you through their own content examples that it's possible to be a positive influence to anyone, but especially your own, your own community, is what kind of helped me keep making the content that I make today. It's what helped me get to this table that I'm at right now, because it's my first panel. It's something I always want to do since I was a kid, and I wouldn't have gotten the confidence to be here to say these things or to do this panel without a lot of my mutuals, not just Straw Hat but a lot of my mutuals. Amanda, just one of them, I, I was at MNYC, uh, in November, it was cool as hell, but I was in there in November and I uh, had a panic attack. I did my first cosplay meet, it was, I think it was Jujutsu Kaisen. And it was super overstimulating for me and I had a panic attack. Uh, I did have my inhaler, I was by myself, and then luckily someone like let me borrow that inhaler, which already doesn't usually happen, but especially like, you know, with COVID still going around, I was, I was really surprised to see like a stranger actually like lend me their inhaler and make sure I can breathe. I was, I was really by myself. Uh, in the in the bathroom and I was passing out cause I just couldn't breathe I was there for a while so and I wanted to quit content and um, I got to meet my friend Amanda and they uh, in person they were uh, super cool and I love their content their lives and what they how they inspire others is what I wanted to do so seeing that and hearing Amanda say oh your content is great and what you do is great and they don't know they didn't know any of this was happening by the way no one knew but to hear that anyway on Provola you didn't have to like say something, get that kind of response, and to see some of my followers come up to me randomly and say how my content inspired them to cosplay and do different things, shows you, or showed me that they're a different perspective, that my content wasn't just there to promote self-hatred from that video, that I do, I can touch other people and inspire them to be better and to enjoy what they want to enjoy. At the end of the day, it's just anime, you know? It's just anime, it's just manga that I talk about. I'm not out here trying to be some savior or, or do anything special. I just wanted, always wanted a space since I was a kid to be able to enjoy um, anime and manga and nerd stuff in general. I'm talking like comic books, everything, right? And my parents are African as hell, so they do not understand any of that shit. Uh, they just see Japanese cartoons and occasionally they walk in the wrong frame. Uh, <laughs> 
And uh, shout out to high school DD. I know that's the worst animated to choose for something like that to watch in your living room, but I didn't know any better at the time. And um, yeah, so it's, it's always one that space I never had. So I tried my best to, to get that space and to encourage others. And that's a dope ass cosplay, by the way. <laughs> that's a dope ass cosplay. Welcome in. Um, I'm sorry, that was just badass. I had to, I had to shout that out. That was badass. Um, so, to see all those different things and to see how my content can touch people was something very special to me and something that I'll take, I'll take uh, not for granted. I'll take to the grave for sure because I definitely was in a dark place and the things I said I was able to accomplish, like paying off all those things and helping my parents, uh, even like right now, um, my parents uh, would like a house to live in and you know, anyone who's house shopped before or anything like that knows how difficult it is. But for the first time in my life, I was able to tell them like, if it's money you're concerned about, whether it's a bid or whatever the case may be, I got you. It is no, it's not gonna hurt me. I have my own apartment, I have all these places now. I can help you and that, that's not, I do have a nine to five job, but that money isn't coming from that. That money is just for rent because rent's dang high in New York City. Um, it's coming all from content. That's from content that, that I can say, hey, you want a home to live in, you want a roof over your head, I can provide that for you and you don't have to like worry about like I can help you. I can help you in any way you need it. And I don't have to I don't have to look at my bank account afterwards. I don't have to do any of that. And to do something like that at 26, I know a lot of the social media will tell you to do at 21. I know when I was at 21, uh, I was not that guy. <laughs> but at 26, I'm able to do that. And that's you know, 21 is not that long ago. So to see that kind of transition happen and to be able to tell your parents and your mom that is insane. And because in general, any kid would want to do something like that to any parents or any parental figures you may have in your life. But for me, when I was young, um, my mom got diagnosed. When I was about eight, my mom got diagnosed with cancer at the time. It was kidney cancer. She's fine. She's fine. I don't make that one of, those, one of these stories. She's good. I'll say that in context. But um, she had cancer at the time. And this was, you know, anytime you have cancer, it's not a guarantee anything. Anything could happen at any point. Um, and I, I've never seen my mom ever cry before in my life until that moment. And at that moment, I don't know, I was, a, I was a child, I didn't know what to do, but for some reason, I was like, I have to make her laugh. So I popped in every, I wasn't allowed to do it, but I popped in every uh, Chris Rock special, comedy special, all these different things, and just like learned stand-up. Um, and that, cause that's, I'm, I was like seven, so there's no, I have no reference. I had no reference to be a comedian at seven years old. So I was, all I did was I watched Chris Rock and I was like, well, I can't say any of that shit. So, so uh, I had a school, um, had a school um, situation where they had a bunch of a talent show. I had a talent show to do and my mom just had diagnosed with cancer and I was like, and she still showed up to the show. And I was like, all right, I have to do something. And I was like, I can't juggle. I tried that shit, it didn't work. Um, I was a kid that, didn't have much skills sets at all. And people were like singing, there were children singing, doing uh, backflips and shit. Like I was just a dude with jokes. <laughs> That's all, jokes and poems. That's all I did. And so I was like, all right, if I can't make, I don't know what can make other seven-year-olds laugh, but I know their parents are gonna be there. So I need to make them laugh. So I was like, all right, all I need to do is like, what do my parents hate about having a seven-year-old kid? And I know that they, the other parents can relate to that stuff. So that I made jokes about that. And that's what like really started off and my mom's going through, um, luckily she didn't have to go through chemo, I know that process is really um, draining. And my mom went through uh, just surgery, but she was out for a couple of months and stuff, it was a lot of pain for her. 
So I made I, I quit baseball um, and basketball, all these different sports I was doing, uh, to be home after school. I wanted to make sure I could do that, like be home. I'm not gonna lie, I was also to watch anime, but that's not here nor there. Don't tell her that. Um, it was to take care of her and to to do to make her laugh and do those different things. So I'll dress up in different outfits. I didn't have money for cosplays or any of that, so I was just like dress up in. If I wanted to be Goku, I'd dress up like I'd take a orange shirt and orange uh, shorts or something, and then pretend like I'm Goku and do things. She didn't know what that was, but it just made her laugh because I was really goofy. And that's the moment when I was like, all right, I know what I want to do, and I know I have to do this. And I know I said I gave up like baseball. It's not like I was going to go pro. Like it wasn't going to happen. I didn't grow past five, six until I was 20, so it wasn't going to happen for me. My doctor made that very clear very early. Um, so yeah, I was like, okay, I have to make jokes, I have to make content, do these things. I started YouTube really early, uh, back when it was a lot easier to do that, and I was able to help pay college through that. And I only had like a, what, a thousand followers at the time, and I was still able to pay for school, college books. Anyone who's been to college knows how much those damn books cost. Uh, so to do that was crazy, and those are the type of things, you know, cosplaying uh, from my experience and content creating from my experience. Uh, as a black man put put me through and um, you know again like I was saying just dealing with brands and how those brands can sometimes lowball you because of who you are and you'll be surprised like what kind of stuff they say uh, some of the most racist things you, you think come from like random comments but it comes from these brands and they don't do it in plain way like a, someone who has nothing to lose would say but they do in ways where it's like they gaslight you make you think like you're the issue or you're the situation the problem that's going on here and it can be tough because, you know, I do have a couple of, I, I do have plenty of black mutuals and we all talk about the same experiences and share the same pains. But when you have, you know, I have, and I love them all deaf, when you have like, you know, my white counterparts that can't relate to these certain issues and certain things. And sometimes they'll say things careless, not on purpose, of course, but they just, it, it's one thing to understand someone, you, the general human being should be able to understand one another, but to relate is something you just always can't do. And that's that's just how life is. You, sometimes you can't relate. You understand racism or why it happens, right? But you can't relate to the racism because it will not happen to you in that certain way or affect you. And that's some of the differences that happen. So it's, it's a process where it's a lonely process sometimes to be a black content creator and deal with that, but it's super rewarding. I know I was made it sound really dark, but it's super rewarding. Because again, you see so many people um, who will like your stuff, who will share your stuff and do all these different things and go out of their way to make sure that they help you, even if it's not giving money. It's just sharing. Sharing is free. I tell people all the time, you want to help your favorite content character, I promise you, unless it's Logan Paul, they're probably broke. And <laughs> they're probably broke. They're probably living in their mom's basement. I don't. I got my own place. I don't. It's not about me, but it's other people. Um, but no, and... And so sharing is free. So sometimes it's about just sharing. Sometimes it's about liking. Uh, you know, and other content creators, you know, it's not a rivalry. There's plenty of, there's, I promise you, there's plenty of space. There's like literally pretty much endless people on this planet uh, that, that are out there and online, especially at this point. And it's, there's plenty of space. It's about setting the ego aside and liking each other's stuff. It's not a competition. It's not about who has the best cosplay. Um, because that's a battle that no one wins. There is no winner in fighting against one another, especially two black content creators. There's no winner of that. There's no winner who, who can out sell the other fast enough. 
you know, to any corporation or any other uh, entity out there. So that that's not what it's about. And it can be so such a rewarding experience. I mean, I've been to many conventions now. My first convention was literally last year. I've never been able to afford one, and I never wanted to really go to one by myself because, as you can tell, it's overwhelming. You go outside, it's over 30,000 people outside. Uh, so to be one of 30,000 people by yourself is, is an insane stat. <laughs> so, uh, but I got so many friends that I can meet at these things um, that I could always call or talk to and that's what content creation has done for me. So no matter how difficult it may be, no matter how many days or nights you're probably crying over content, I know I have, I'm not someone special. I've cried just like any other content creators cried trying to make something happen, especially when you have a brand deal with probably one of the most influential companies out there and you don't want to let them down or let yourself down. So you have to, there's a lot of pressure to do that. Um, but no, I have a great support system that I've learned to let myself be, and sometimes you just need to talk to someone. Sometimes you'll be surprised how much communication you can just like help and save people. So sometimes you see your content creator's picture, even if you don't have something crazy to say, something like crazy nice to say, or you're busy, or something just like scrolling. Sometimes it's about like hitting that like, or hitting that share, hitting that save, and maybe saying something like, this is really cool. Cause they don't have to like it. I'm not saying you have to like every single thing your content creator puts out, no matter how much you love them. That's just not possible, and it shouldn't be, because it doesn't have to be. It's not for everyone to like. You can't please everybody, but it's just nice to know that there are people that aren't your mutuals or are quote unquote obligated to love you, like family members or things like that, that also like your content. So sometimes it's as simple as doing those those little things that really um, that really help people, you know. Because I deal with a lot of racist comments all the time. It's like, at this point, it's hysterical because sometimes it's just like very dumb. This is like very dumb stuff, but uh, but it's very serious because there's a lot of things that like eventually it weighs on. I'm someone I, I can't even take myself that seriously because it's just like, again, I'm, everything's, in the, at the end of the day, I'm a comedian. I have to make people laugh. That's what I do best. It's, it's what I, I've always done since I was seven. So it's part of me, just to, it's a process stuff differently than the average person to do. And, uh, but, so, but the comments even weigh, they weigh on me too. I'm not Superman with it, and it's, it sucks. Even if it's just, call you Mike Blackie. You know, it's just like, you know, oh, I did, I spent six hours doing this cosplay thing, editing the video, going to the damn force to do this cosplay, and coming back and posting it, and all you're getting is just a bunch of racist comments, it's going to like eat away at you, and it's gonna make it really hard to get up the next day and do it. Even for me, like my regular job, my 9-5 job is content creation. It's not anime stuff, so it's that stuff I have to do. That's completely different from what I do. And then after I get off, after like probably, sometimes I have to work till like 8 p.m., not like 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., I have to turn around and stream in 30 minutes. I, have, I, I eat snack and I have to stream because that money and what I'm doing is what's feeding me, is what's paying my rent, it's what helped me help uh, pay off my ass car, pay off my car, make sure my parents have a home when they want it, when they need it, never have to worry about it. So there is no like time off, there is no creative block for me. Like I can't afford to have what people would call a creative block because if it's not my stuff, it's the company stuff that they're paying me to do. So it's like, I don't have time to have creative blocks. I have to always 24 seven think about content, which is insane. I don't recommend to anybody, but it's, it's something that, it just works for me personally. For like, for me, it just works. I just love it that damn much. I can't think of, even when I was, I was sick a couple months ago, like it literally killed me to not create content. Now like it's uh, on health way, I was able, I'm able to take breaks. I sleep, I do what I gotta do. 
Um, I enjoy life, but other than content. But the idea of not being able to like, nothing made me realize how much I love content than when I couldn't do it or when I can't do it for whatever reason. And even though my life is literally just making content at this point, and despite like taking like the money aside, it's about the pure joy I get from just the, the people I've met and all these different things I've been able to achieve through that. I couldn't have done it without creating content, without, um, without anime and without doing these things. Like when uh, Funimation followed me last year, that was a big deal for me because that was like, okay, I can actually go places with TikTok and do things like that. Uh, Crunchyroll literally followed me two days ago, so that was new. That was really exciting for me uh, to do that because obviously they're the biggest player in the game right now when it comes to all that distribution and all these different things. And I've had my fair share of complaints on video for Crunchyroll, so for them to put that aside and actually follow me is hilarious um, and do those different things. So, and that just shows you that there's merit beyond your skin color, beyond that like you can offer more than that. And for a long time, I thought like, that was it. I thought that's like all it was for me, and that's all like okay because I'm black. It's like a quota thing for them, and so some companies it is. That that's just it is because they literally don't do anything um, really for black creatives. I mean, even going to like Hulu, Hulu went on an insane long. T I think like only it was only like three years ago when they started actually having like black writers in the writers' room. They made they made many movies and TV shows without having one black writer on any of it. They never did. No one ever called them out until someone did, then they changed it, and now it's more inclusive um, for everybody. It's not just black people in there now, it's, uh, either there's uh, Asians and so many other people who can go in there and really put their footprint on what they want to make and how they want to make it. So when it comes to content, that, that's, that's what it's about. I want to include so many different people. That's why I love collaboration, and I love meeting people and inspiring others. and. Again, this is my first panel, and to be able to do this is a huge deal for me. And I want to really thank y'all for coming and making this con experience and this life experience for me a special one. So I appreciate I appreciate y'all. And I want to conclude. Uh, you have a, yeah, go ahead. I guess as a white content creator, um, what are some of the ways that we can best support black content creators and cosplayers? And then I guess the second question is, what are some of the ways you've seen where maybe there's good intention behind it, but aren't necessarily as helpful even if the intention behind it is good? That's a great question, and thank you for asking it. Um, so when you can, when, how you can support, again, is to share. It, it's not, it doesn't have to be any long dialogue. It can just be some simple words, like a, let's say a cosplay photo. You share it, say this is, you tag them, say this is a great cosplay, and sometimes that's enough. That's been enough for me many times. I've gotten many a lot of boost from that, so that, that works. Um, if you see them, if there's an issue that happens in the real world or, or in their personal life and they, they're open to sharing that, and um, you think, and it's important, this is important too, don't just share stuff just to share it, even as coming from me. If, if you read something or you, you see something, you observe something, you learn more about it, and it's something that you feel like is a message that you also like to echo and help them out, that's something you can do. I'll never tell anyone, no matter what the circumstance is, to share things that you don't feel comfortable sharing. At the end of the day, that's still your page that you are putting out there, and then you will have to deal with whatever happens after that. So, especially I know some friends who have, white friends who have family members who are racist or different things like that, who they've distanced themselves from. And so posts like that can cause family friction. So that's not something you can live with. I understand. I'll never, put, I'll never try to put someone in that position. 
Um, so that's something I would do. And then in terms of what's, I guess, not, what's, I guess trying to be helpful is not helpful is that black square shit they were doing on Instagram. That didn't help nobody. <laughs> that, didn't, that did nothing for nobody. I don't know what happened. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was helping black people. I thought people, I thought Instagram was hacked. I thought my shit was gone. That's why I thought it was. So I didn't know what that was, but uh, that did nothing for nobody. Uh, and they used, another thing too, like they used the hashtag and the hashtag was for resources, but then the resources were gone, it was just black squares. So I thought everyone was racist at one point. I was like, I don't know what's happening. So I, but again, it was, I guess it was helpful. So I don't know who it helped. Uh, it helped somebody. <laughs> so that's to answer that question. I, I would say that. Yes. Um, so obviously I'm also a white content creator, so I don't, I will never understand your experience, but as a trans content creator, when you were talking about some of the like horrible comments you get on TikTok and stuff like that, I have gotten similar things, but about my transness. What things do you do to help you like reaffirm your identity, if that makes sense? Because obviously, like I know race is a part of your identity; it's a yeah. huge part of your identity. And obviously, to get hate, get comments that aren't even necessarily hate, but are just like picking it apart because of something about you that is inherent and you cannot change. How do you take the time to like step away from that and like erase it? Not erase it from your mind, but like allow it to leave your mind and still feel affirmed in your identity and be able to still have confidence in yourself despite the horrible shit people are saying. I mean stuff, horrible stuff people are saying to you like, yeah. online. So first of all, thank you for bringing that question. It's an important question and I, I appreciate that. Um, for me personally, it works for me, is that sometimes it's about, like you say, backing away. Uh, I have a 24 hour rule. It's hard to follow. Trust me, it's hard to follow. Sometimes I'm a comedian. I can cook pretty much anybody. So it's, it's easy for me to just like literally just, end, you know, end someone's career in, in essence. But it's not the right thing to do because that doesn't bring me joy doing it. So I like sometimes step away and I'll do a response in 24 hours. Because at the end of the day, it's on your time after that. After they comment, it doesn't mean there's no difference between commenting one second, like as you as a creator commenting one second later or one day later when it comes to that. Like there's, it doesn't, whatever you're gonna say, you're gonna say, but you rather say with a clear mind if that makes sense. So whatever that looks like for you or anyone else, like if that looks like two days for you, three days for you, a week later, it doesn't matter, it's on your page as long as you have it up there. So that's something you wanna comment back. Sometimes, cause once you give them attention, it doesn't stop you, give them what they wanted. Um, and I get it, it's, it can be real hurtful, I'm sure, You've gotten very hurtful stuff that I obviously, is not, I'm not going to get. So it, it's one of those things where, again, sometimes backing away and thinking about what you really want to say. At the end of the day, you don't represent the entire trans community with what you say, but in their heads you do. When I say stuff, I don't represent every single black person alive, but in their heads I do. So I have to be careful of what I say. Uh, and, I, and I want to be careful of what I say first and foremost, but it's about that. It's about putting your best foot forward, even though they don't probably deserve it, but you deserve that for yourself. They don't let them rob you of like who you are and let one ugly moment that they decide to have be your ugly moment too. So that's my best advice for that. Thank you. No problem. Yeah. Anybody else? Yes. Yeah. 
No, and I 100% get that. Thank you for the question. Um, I'd be lying to you if I said I had all the confidence in the world for my first post. I was scared shitless, and I literally had a panic attack trying to post a photo. Uh, in the Asha cosplay I did, I tried to post a photo for that, and I literally had a panic attack, and I sent to my friends, like, I don't know if this is okay. Like, I, my normie friends that don't cosplay, and all the responses, funny enough, were the same. They're like, I thought this is the shit you already did. Like, I thought this is something you already did. So they didn't, it didn't affect them in any way. And when I saw that, I was able to post that. But also, when it came to my first TikTok, let's say like a video thing, uh, where you really put yourself out there, for me, it was, it was about remembering who you are and why you want to do it. That's something that's really important. Like, why do you want to create this content? Is it because, let's say, for me, it was talking anime. I do anime reviews. I just want to talk about anime. So it brings me peace, and it helps me connect with other anime fans. So remembering that helps. Also remembering that it's for fun. Even though I make money off of it and I have these deals, it's still very fun for me. And if it helps, if it brings a smile to your face or a smile to the people that you want the content to reach faces, then just let it fly. And I know it's easier said than done. And there's nothing, take your time, like take your time with it. Don't pressure yourself to the point where it's like, okay, I have to post this because I need to get over this fear. You know, I always say that fear teaches you what your limits are. And then when you're not scared anymore, you conquer that fear. And you're, you're that much step closer to wherever you wanna be. So just take your time, record, re-record as many times as you want. I tell people, if y'all think I make content one time and go and just let it fly like that, I do not. It's, it's a lot of re, um, rehashing. Some of my mutuals in here, I send them a bunch of drafts. I send them some of the ugliest drafts. I had to refine that before I put it out there. So they see some of the most um, funny jokes I've ever told, and I hammer them over the head with it over and over and over again. Trust me. And somehow they're still my friends and still made to this panel, so that's a miracle in its own. But... Yeah, it's just about taking your time and appreciating what you, what you put out there and love it. Love, love, love what you put out there. Be comfortable hearing yourself over and over again. I know for me, editing and hearing my voice over and over and over again, I hate it. <laughs> but I learned to love it. And with that, I learned to love my content. And with that, I learned that no matter what is I post, as long as I'm laughing or smiling when I'm making it and when I'm re-watching and editing it, uh, the easiest thing then at that point is just to post it. So that's what I would try to keep in mind. Yes. What, uh, what project have you done that you feel has made the biggest impact? <sighs> that's tough. That's a tough question. Um, the best, the biggest impact. I feel like, funny enough, it was probably the simplest and dumbest video I've ever made, which is often, if you ask a content creator, what gets popular. Uh, I made a video. Someone asked me a simple question. How many anime have you seen? And I told them I've seen a thousand. And the reason why I was like that, that number is so big, is because I've watched it since I was, this is my brother here, by the way, by the way, uh, when we started watching anime, like, it's Houston, right? So that's probably, like, I was probably like three years old. I was probably three when we started watching anime. And we, no, we lived in Chester first. Chester, so I was like two or three yeah. years old. My two. Yeah. yeah, and my first movie was Pokemon, the movie. Mewtwo, that, Ash, Mewtwo, I cried, like, I'm not gonna lie, I cried. Cried my ass off, so that's why I knew I loved anime. Um, but I made a video saying that, and I've watched anime all the time, I had a lot of friends that watched it, so they just accumulated, I'm talking like movies, OVAs, 
Uh, I'm a huge romance MA fan. They never finish, so that's easy to get through too. Um, still waiting for one high school host club. But anyway, um, yeah, so I watched, I watched a lot. And so when I said that number, people cooked the shit out of me online. My video didn't even do numbers. The video of me getting cooked did amazing numbers. Like I wanted that, whatever cash he cashed out on, I need some of that. Um, yeah, he roasted me. The thing is I had, because of the Inuyasha racist incident I went through, my stitches were off. So he screen recorded my video and cooked me on many other social media platforms that I wasn't even aware of until my friends were like, hey, I saw your face. And then someone was like, saying all these things. And um, it was insane. And through that video though, people were like, oh, so it's okay to be, and this is a wild concept, I guess, to, to young people, but like, so you're telling me that you work a nine to five and you still have time to watch anime? And I was like, that is very fucking possible. It's hard as shit and you're probably uh, procrastinating something, but you can do it and be productive, <laughs> you know? And, um, and yeah, it was so weird because that, that is what they took out of it. So that was cool and that was, I, didn't, I literally just answered it. The thing is the video was like literally five seconds long. I just answered the question and like moved on with my day. So to see that video snowball into something super negative, but then people taking something positive from it was cool. So that was, that was probably one of those. And I made a short film uh, called In the Zone that won uh, Best Comedy at um, the University of Maryland Film Festival. And that was really about um, romance. Cause again, I watched a lot of romance anime growing up. So my idea was very warped, and so I had to make fun of myself. So I made a film like that, and people took from that that um, the film at the end of the day was just about being yourself, and that romance is hard. And people took something from that and said, oh, you can be a nerd, funny enough, you can be a nerd and still get a girlfriend and eventually a wife. And I was like, yes, that's what the film answered. You can. Um, <laughs> you can. You can be a nerd, and you can like sports and be a nerd and get a girlfriend, I promise. I promise y'all you can get your part a partner while spending money on figure. Now, would it be happy that you spent $180 on an Endeavor figure that you don't have space for? Probably not, but that's what rough patches are about and that's how we overcome it as a team. But yes, those are the two projects that I think were really influential for me. Have any questions or anything they, they want to say? All right, well then I want to tell y'all thank you again so much. And this is my first panel, so I want to do a group picture if that's okay with y'all. If anyone doesn't want to be in it, it's perfectly fine. I understand that. But uh, I just want to make sure I get an opportunity to do this because uh, I may never do this again, so it'll be really cool to be able to do this. So let me get that away. All right. Three, two, one. Thank y'all for coming. Have a nice rest of your con. Hope you have a good one. Stay safe.